This is Wealth with Wisdom with Steve Vascard and Vanessa Sexton from Wealth and Retirement Strategies. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Steve and Vanessa provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Wealth with Wisdom with Steve Vascard and Vanessa Sexton. Hello, and welcome back to Wealth with Wisdom. My name is Vanessa Sexton, along with my partner, Steve Vascard, with Wealth and Retirement Strategies. If you'd like more information about what you hear on our show today, just give us a call at 865-691-1211, or you can visit us online at wealthwithwisdom.com. And while you're at our website, click on the podcast page to check out past shows, and go ahead and subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And again, please don't hesitate to reach out to us with your questions or to set up a face-to-face or Zoom meeting. So regular listeners of our show know that we talk a lot about the importance of working with a financial services professional. No matter where you're at in your career and financial life, a financial services professional may be able to help you build the kind of robust financial strategy that you're looking ahead to the rest of your career, as well as your eventual retirement with more confidence and excitement. That said, I certainly recognize choosing a financial services professional can be daunting because there are a lot of them out there. But never fear, by asking a mere 10 questions, you can help determine if they might be a fit for you. But before we get into this ins and outs of choosing your professional, let me introduce you to our lovely co-host, Tony Shore. Hey, Vanessa, thanks for the great introduction there. That was awesome. And it sounds like you've got a great show lined up for us, uh, Steve and Vanessa. That sounds great. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. And uh, I've been great. I've just been really busy. How about you guys? Uh, Steve, how have you been? Been very. We've been very busy. We've been doing a lot of seminars, in-person seminars, and a lot of people are coming in. We're, we're talking taxes in retirement is the topic that for our seminar and Everybody that comes is concerned about taxes in the future going up. Yep, that's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, we're all concerned about that. I mean, uh, the, the debt clock uh, is racing forward, and they keep passing trillions and trillions of dollars uh, in bills and spending. Our government spending's out of control, so taxes eventually have to go up here. I think everybody knows that. But definitely. But uh, on today's show, I think you got a you got a great topic going on. But first, Vanessa, how have you been? Are you busy? Yes, we been busy. Been busy at home. The weather's changing. I planted sixteen mums at my house, so oh, that wow. was fun. Awesome. I know. I know. And then I had some yard work done, so I've been out there watering every evening. But. I love it. And like Steve said, we've been busy here at the office. It's um, here at the last quarter. So we got a lot of people looking at those taxes and, and the conversions and yeah. and trying to get trying to quit paying taxes, really. So, <laughs> yeah. yes, we've <laughs> been busy. It's a good busy, though. We're yeah. actually picking up quite a few um, new clients. So yeah, that's good. It's that's been a good. great month. Well, and if anybody's listening to the show, uh, they need to know that's what we're talking about today is the value of working with a financial services professional like yourselves, uh, whether it's taxes or college funds, retirement income, insurance. There's a lot 
that goes on. And you don't have to do it alone. A seasoned financial services professional can really help you with these things. Uh, Steve, what do you have first for us today? Well, we chose this topic uh, from an article done in Investopedia, 10 questions to ask your financial advisor about retirement. This article explains that a good place to start is to make a list of all the financial services you need. But the problem with that is you don't know everything that you do need, whether it's retirement income, insurance products, or a combination of both, and then some more. Make sure you have a clear picture of what you need before you begin the process of choosing your financial services professional. From there, get get on the internet and start researching professionals in your area. Check out their website. Is it polished? Is it professional? Does it give you any idea of who they are and who their team is? How about their social media? Make sure you reach out to your family, friends, and coworkers to see if they have one of their own and if they recommend them. Finally, once you've found a few professionals to meet with, head into their office or a video call so you can ask them these 10 critical questions. Yeah, that sounds great. And I can't wait to dig into these. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Clearly, uh, an experienced financial professional is going to be more than happy to spend time with you sharing their background, answering your questions, and, uh, you know, they're going to work hard to earn your business. Uh, what's the first question uh, you have for us, Vanessa? Well, the first recommended question is, what do you like about your job? That is both very simple and very powerful. After all, why would you want to trust your money and your future to someone who isn't passionate about what they do? The right financial services professional is one who gets excited and animated when they start talking about budgets, paying down debt, health care costs, insurance, taxes, wealth management, you name it. Make sure they're making eye contact and smiling and gesturing during your conversations. Be leery of someone who's slumping or not paying attention or perhaps worst of all, staring at their phone. <laughs> hey, that's well, good dating advice as well, by yeah, the way. Well, yeah, it is. And, it, you know, that's, uh, yeah, you don't want that. Uh, they, they need to pay attention and be actually listening to what you're saying and the questions you have for them. And I, I think uh, your questions and financial future should be more important to them than their Facebook page or whatever they're looking at on, on their phone. So I couldn't agree more, Tony. Um, the next important question that you should ask is, which services do you provide to your clients? This is an absolutely essential nuts and bolts question. Obviously, you're going to want to work with someone who can meet your varied needs and expectations. For most of us, a financial services professional needs to be ready to do a handful of key things, like help you determine how much you need for a retirement and how to achieve it. Help you find income earning tools that match both your needs and your risk tolerance. Help you manage expenses today and in retirement. Explore your options for managing potential long-term care costs. And devise an advantageous tax strategy like we mentioned previously. Sure. And that's that's great. I like to think of a financial services professional as a really good coach, right? Uh, you guys are there to give people the help and guidance and the occasional pep talk, too. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective, Tony. The article notes that the next question should be, do you have any qualifications, and if so, what are they? 
There are a number of relevant certifications out there, so spend some time really homing in on the services you need and then use that information to decide which certifications you want your potential financial services professional to have. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that said they do retirement income planning, but they never had bothered to get a designation in that particular field. Websites like Designation, designation Check can help you search for a qualified professional or help you determine if the certifications your potential financial services professionals advertises are legit. Well, yeah, and uh, you know what? I think this is really uh, a good topic, and we should probably uh, let our listeners know, though, before we move on, how they can get a hold of you. Uh, What's that phone number and web address if they want to set up a complimentary consultation? Yes, Tony. Uh, So, yes, listeners, please just give us a call. It's 865-691-1211, or you can go on our website at wealthwithwisdom.com. You can also send me a brief email and I will respond within 24 hours. And that's Vanessa at wealthwithwisdom.com. Just reach out to us. All right. Sounds great. Now, Steve, what is the next question you have for us that we need to ask? the, The next question that you should ask is, are you a fiduciary? I've noticed there's a lot of TV ads out there now talking about the advantages of working with a fiduciary. In its simplest terms, fiduciary duty is a legal term that means your financial services professional is duty-bound to act in your best interest. Essentially, this means they will steer you towards financial tools that will work best for you. Now, remember, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a financial services professional making money on the services they provide for you. And they need to be deserved, uh, rewarded for their hard work. But it should be your needs that come first. So ask if they're a fiduciary. I would also ask if they're a broker and I'd ask how they get compensated for handling your investments. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's a great question to ask as well. And I think you broke it down really well there for us, Steve. Uh, clearly, working with a financial services professional It's like a business relationship, which needs both parties. Uh, That's really important. But like you said, when it comes, you know, right down to it, your needs should be prioritized. And uh, really, the financial advisor is working for you. So make sure they understand your needs and that your needs are the priority for them. So what's next, Vanessa? Well, bouncing off of what we just talked about, um, we ask our clients... And then also statistics show that people do not have a financial services professional based on two things, and that is they don't know who to trust or what it will cost. So the next question that the article uh, refers to is how will I compensate you? So how do you get paid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that fits right in with what we've just been talking about. This is the kind of question that you should get out in the open so it can be addressed. There's no reason to let compensation be the elephant in the room, or in this case, the elephant in the financial services professional office. Bear in mind, you shouldn't automatically reject potential financial services professional because they're the most expensive. They could very well be worth it. A lot of times in our... um, strategy sessions that we have or our discovery sessions that we have with potential new clients uh steve will automatically just say so 
this is how we get paid and we and we put it out there because we know what we make and we want you to know what we make sure and, and there you go and i know you guys are very transparent about that and always let people know how it all works and that's exactly. i think a lot of people are apprehensive about it and i'm so i'm glad you talked about that i mean most financial service professionals are going to be impressed if you come at them with a list of good questions during your first meeting uh, they're going to probably quickly ID you as somebody they're excited to work with. Right, Vanessa? You're exactly right, Tony. I agree with you on that one. You know, we don't want to work with just anyone. So sure. exactly. Now, the next question that the article suggests is, does your firm hold money and investments? So your cho chosen financial services professional shouldn't directly come into contact with your assets, minus the fees you pay for their services. Instead, they should contract with a reputable custodian, which could either be a third party or owned by their firm. This custodian holds your assets and processes transactions, collects dividends and interest payments, handles distributions, and supplies monthly statements. There are a variety of well-known and very reputable third party custodians out there. Well, yeah, there are. And I think uh, the idea of that is really good, uh, a third-party custodian, but it's probably an eye-opener for a lot of listeners out there. They may not understand that's how it works. So that's a good bit of information. Now, Steve, what's the next question? Well, the next question, Tony, would be, what's your investment philosophy? You should ask that of your potential financial services professional. This is a fairly basic question that a service professional should be able to answer without breaking a sweat. Their answer should touch on the mechanics behind their strategies and how their strategy they devise will help you meet your various financial goals. Yeah. And on past shows, you've talked about how surveys indicate that a lack of uh, communication is one of the biggest complaints people have about financial services professionals. Uh, what do you have to say about that, Steve? Well, we actually took over an account, a very, very large account, because their advisor hadn't called them in two years. Oh, no. And so that leads to the, the next question from the article. How will we touch base about my investments? Clearly, because it's your money, you have the right to have a level, level of communication that makes you feel comfortable. In many cases, a quarterly contact is the bare minimum. For many monthly contact might be ideal. With a monthly contact, your financial services professional can walk you through transaction, asset fluctuations, and relevant industry changes or developments. Wow, well, that sounds good. Uh, setting your expectations for communications early in the relationship is probably the best play. Right, I 100% agree. And then the next question you should probably ask is, what happens to my money if something happens to you? Is one that you hope to never have to ask, but you should be prepared for it nonetheless. When you ask this question, your potential financial services professional should be able to walk you through a well-developed exit plan that will kick in upon their retirement. If they leave the firm for another job or are otherwise unable to continue working on your behalf. Sure. And to be completely honest with you, that's probably not a question that would have occurred to me to ask. We have it asked quite often. Now, one of us, and I'm not going to mention any names, but has a head full of white hair. 
<laughs> so it's it, it, yes, yes. Steve Vasgard. And, and and that head of hair is getting thinner and on top. And it's not me. So <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I'm gonna stuff him and put him in the corner. So give us a call. <laughs> That's awesome. So what's the next question, Vanessa? Well, it doesn't occur to many people, but it can be important to know. The article's final question, is there anything I forgot to ask you? And it is one that I love because it puts the the matter back on the financial services professional's shoulders. Yeah. Even if you've done your homework and come into that first meeting with great questions, they may be able to push the conversation further to, to places that you hadn't even considered. Yeah, good idea. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have? Or Yeah, I love that. So uh, let's keep the show rolling. Uh, it's been a good one. Uh, during the first half, we've looked at some of the most critical questions you can take to a first meeting with a financial professional if you're considering doing business with them. So uh, what do you have for us next? Well, clearly, getting ready for retirement is one of the key reasons you'll want to begin working with a financial services professional. So in our final segment, of the show, let's chat a little bit about retirement. A CNBC article, Getting Close to Retirement, here are six key considerations, has some great information to talk about today. Yeah, of course, it's never a bad idea to spend some time to address retirement. What do you have first for us, Steve? Well, the first article, the the, the first thing the article highlights is easily overlooked expenses. For example, the average couple who retires at 65 will end up spending in the, the ballpark range of $280,000 on healthcare expenses during their retirement years. Oh, that's, that's right. Wow. $280,000 out of pocket medical expenses. Wow. Uh, that's real money to you and I, Steve. That's uh that's heart stopping. <laughs> that's a heart stopping amount. Yes, it is. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there are thinking the same thing I am. Where does Medicare then fit into health care after the age of 65? Well, once we hit 65, you're eligible to be on Medicare, which is a great. But what's not so great is that Medicare doesn't cover everything you're likely to need. Dental care, vision care, and long-term care services like bathing and dressing aren't covered by Medicare. Also, the amount you pay for your Medicare comes down to a number of different factors, including your income, whether you're hit with late enrollment fees or whether you choose to purchase additional insurance like a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. The biggest takeaway here is that it's okay to factor Medicare into your post-65 strategy, but it's important to not rely on it too heavily in your retirement. Yeah. Well, and I think relying on Medicare, but not too much is a great strategy because there are a lot of things it does not cover and it can get complicated. Very complicated. You said that right. Yep. Every time we talk about it in a workshop, there's there's so many questions yep. and so many things that, that people just don't know about. All the, all the little decisions can affect your Medicare. Sure. But the next key consideration is knowing your Social Security strategy. That's another one. Though you can begin taking Social Security when you turn 62, for many people doing so wouldn't be a wise financial move. The reality is the longer you delay filing for Social Security, the larger your monthly check will be. In fact, your benefit will go up anywhere from 6 to 8% yearly until you reach the age cap determined by the Social Security Administration. You should also note that if you begin taking Social Security before your full retirement age and are still working, 
there's a limit on how much you can earn at your job before it begins to affect your Social Security benefits. And also, I'll say that if you start taking it at 62, any chance of any added benefits are lost. Those can't be picked back up. So definitely talk to a professional before choosing your Social Security. Yeah, yeah, obviously. And I think uh, considering how important Social Security is to so many Americans, it's the foundation of their retirement plans, you want to make sure your strategy is rock solid going in. You're exactly right. That is one decision that you cannot afford to make a mistake on. Another vital step if you're getting close to retirement is devising solid income and tax strategies. And that's what we specialize in here. There are a lot of options for income in retirement, including pensions, which are becoming extinct, 401ks, social security, taxable savings, investment accounts, health savings accounts, and businesses or trust income. It's important to remember that not all retirement income sources are taxed equally. Money withdrawn out of a traditional IRA, 401k, is taxed as ordinary income. But for Roth IRAs or Roth 401ks, withdrawals are tax-free. So if you have a taxable investment account, you'll potentially have to fork over capital gains taxes on some of the withdrawals you make. So we've spent a lot of time talking about finding the right financial services professional. So uh, maybe we should note that creating a solid strategy for income and taxes in retirement is just, those are just great reasons to build that relationship and have somebody a financial planner, a financial services professional in your corner. Yeah, that's true, Tony. And another key step to take if your retirement train is picking up speed to have an ample financial cushion, many experts recommend that you keep several years worth of income in cash or reasonably safe products rather than the stock market or money market. But this is the money you need to know is absolutely going to be there should you need it. Yeah, for sure. And socking away a few years worth of money is not only a smart financial move, it seems like the kind of thing that's going to help you get to retirement with a stronger emotional foundation. That's exactly right. Uh, Preparing yourself emotionally for retirement is actually the article's next piece of advice. As it notes, many financial professionals counsel their clients that if their career is a big part of their self-identity, retirement can get a little tricky. In fact, it's common for the first couple of years of retirement to be a positive whirlwind before boredom actually sets in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, right there, <laughs> you know, I think that's good. It makes sense to me. So what can retirees do to ward off that potential boredom, Steve? Well, there's lots of options out there uh, to stay engaged and active. We have one client, they, they work four days a week in a campground and earn $8 an hour. Uh, but they enjoy it and they travel doing it at different locations. You can help out at food banks, shelters, libraries, schools, theaters, museums. We've got two clients that volunteer at a golf course and that way they get to play golf for free. That's nice. And there's just so many different organizations out there who need committed volunteers and beyond volunteering, it's important to maintain or build a broad network of friends to spend time with. Also, retirement is a great time to pick up hobbies you didn't have time for when you were working. Right. And there you go. That's that's huge. And this has been a great show today, but we're out of time. 
Is there anything else you have for us before we go? We've covered a lot in this episode, so if you'd like more information about what we discussed, I'd encourage you to visit our website at wealthwithwisdom.com or give us a call at 865-691-1211 to discuss how our team might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns. It's our goal to help you prepare for the retirement that you've worked so hard for. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Wealth with Wisdom with Steve Vasgard and Vanessa Sexton. Thank you for listening to Wealth with Wisdom. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Steve Vasgard and Vanessa Sexton at Wealth and Retirement Strategies. Call 865-357-4024 or visit them online at wealthwithwisdom.com. Steve Vasgard, Vanessa Sexton, and Wealth and Retirement Strategies are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.